Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a Photog adventure of your own. It's episode 55 and hey guys, welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast. Today I am joined by no one. It's something I've never done yet. I've always waited for Brendan and unfortunately today I just want to get this podcast out because we have a clicking timer on a deal that's going out today and a few deals. And so I wanted to make sure that you guys are aware of it. Some of you might not be following Facebook and have any idea that we're doing these Black Friday to Cyber Monday deals. And so I am going to do this podcast alone. When Brendan comes later tonight, because, okay, real short, he had some car troubles. Believe it or not, Photog Adventures had some car troubles. And so he couldn't make it this morning. He was going to bring his daughter and hang out with me and record a podcast and do some of our sponsored reviews. We have those free portfolio reviews that we are doing, and we're going to do some more of those today. And he couldn't make it at this time, and we needed to get this podcast out fast. And so we are going ahead without him, and he'll be back tonight. We'll record episode 56, where we talk about our fall colors combined with the stuff that went really well in North Carolina and what went really well out here in Orem for our second year in a row we had awesome awesome sunset up there at Dry Canyon so I'm alone and you know what when I'm alone I often have the problem of just running out of breath I get crazy going fast so I'm just going to try and take it easy, enjoy the ride. I'm not going to make any edits. So this is live, raw, Aaron King. And thanks for joining us on the podcast or me on the podcast. So today we're going to talk about our awesome Cyber Monday deals. And I'm going to give you guys some behind the scenes of how it went recording my my Milky Way course that I'm doing. It's the Create Awesome Sharp Milky Way Photography on day one. Doesn't that sound awesome? <laughs> these headlines and these titles you have to give things to make sure people understand what it's all about. And I like the word awesome, and so I don't feel too corny using it, but it does sound corny when you say it all together. Create awesome, sharp Milky Way photography on day one. It sounds worse to me right now saying it out loud than it actually is because it's all about the fact that, you know what, guys? You can have an awesome Milky Way shot if you focus on getting really great balance in your image, compositional balance, something that works really well, and getting your focus right. Those two things will make your Milky Way shots shine. People who have never done it before, as long as they see that it's in focus, are like, wow, that's amazing. They won't even think about the compositional balance. But when you have that compositional balance and you do have something as simple as one element of compositional balance, your image is 10 times better. Just a simple image. And so I wanted to feature that in this course and help other people understand, look, you don't have to have ever done this before. You maybe have never done Milky Way photography in your life. And with this course, I'm going to help you go through your first two years of Milky Way photography in several hours. I think it's going to be about 10 hours. Let me look at this. I've written this down. The course itself, it has six modules where I'm teaching planning, composition, lighting, settings, gear, and post-processing. 
But the things that take the most time are these post-processing walkthroughs that I'm going to be doing. And I say going to be because there are many of them that haven't been done yet, and I'm still recording them right now. This is the reason why it's launching December 26th, is because I have a few videos that I still need to record. And as I'm going through these processing, I'm now having to look at Lightroom CC, the new one, or even Lightroom Classic. I'm going to have to create these tutorials based on the crappy update that I've been avoiding because I don't want to deal with the new Lightroom. And so I'm torn. I'm torn whether I'm going to do these, redo some of them entirely in Lightroom Classic and in Lightroom CC, the new look, or if I should just go for it with my, my current version. Most of you probably still have it because you haven't updated thanks to Jeff Harmon's advice. And the fact that, you know, we all recognize it and we know what I'm talking about. And so... I'm torn. I think I'm going to go ahead and do a few of them on the new formatting and the new look so that everyone can see and apply what I've been teaching in the five previous images and then do two images without. So in this podcast, I'm going to go through these places that I've gone for this course and tell you the backstory about it and make it fun. Just the, the adventure that I had going out on my own and recording these images and recording these videos on top of explaining what this deal is today. And before I go any further, I mean, I'm already four minutes into this podcast. Before I go any further, this deal is over tonight. And I don't want you guys to miss out on that. So if you're listening to this right now, as soon as I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to go in, I'm going to put it together and upload it. I'm not going to edit it at all. One section where I took a drink of water, I'm going to edit that out. Everything else is going to be in here raw so that you guys can know right away that this deal is ending tonight. So when it's um, 12.01 East Coast time, Tuesday morning, this deal expires. And the deal is that it's only $47 right now. It's going to be $67 on launch in December. So when I actually launch it, I'm launching it first to my friends of Photog Adventures. And I say that because I'm not going to pay an exorbitant amount and push too crazy hard to find a completely cold audience that has never heard of myself, never heard of Brendan, never heard of Photog Adventures. I'm not going to push it to them yet. I'm going to have a major launch and a major push where I put a lot of money behind some Facebook ads and other advertising to make the random people of the world aware of this Milky Way course, and that's going to come February 1st. And the price, because of the time, the amount of videos, the amount of processing walkthroughs, all of the content that comes with it and the raw images that are going to come from all of this that you're going to have access to, I'm pricing this in a range that's only going to get the most dedicated Milky Way photographers who want to learn. And you know what? You paid this much. I can trust you. Most likely, you're not going to try and steal the images. You're not going to take the raws and go pretend like they're yours. I think most of the people at this range are not going to be that, let's just say, uh, what's the word I want to look for? I want to say shabby, but shabby is not the word I'm looking for. Shady. Shady. You're not going to be that shady. And so pricing it at $97 when it launches on February 1st, and that's to the random people. So you guys listening right now to this podcast, I want you to have my $97 Milky Way course for only 47 bucks. You deserve it. You've absolutely been great and awesome supporters of Photog Adventures, and I don't want to make money off of you guys. I want you to have it and help me afford to create it. My wife has been, she hasn't been happier than the, what she's felt this last week. Weekend as I sold, you know, a dozen or so of these, these courses already. She's like, oh, good. I mean, people do support you. I've said this before, but that, it, it really does wake, wake her up that 
people support Photog Adventures and like it. And so what you're doing and how you don't have another full-time job, that's okay. She, she feels more okay with it every day. And so this has helped a ton. And so selling it for $47 has helped bring in some income for Christmas and helped me get forward, looking forward to put it out there for the rest of the world. And at $97 for, you know, people I don't have never met before, it's still a fantastic price for the amount of hours. Now, again, it ends today. So if you listen to the podcast on the day that I'm talking about it, then awesome. Go and check it out if you're interested. If you're not listening to this today and you're interested in that price and you're very, very, very bummed, I'm going to give you a keyword where you can send a message to me and I will hook you up with it. Now, just because I want you guys to have it who've listened to this very podcast. And that keyword is going to be a nonsense word. Let's see. I'm going to use a Dutch word. One of my favorite Dutch words. It's a name. I really wanted to name my son this, but my wife was not on board. The name is Yope. Yope. J-O-O-P. Even my Dutch friends, they have said that that's a stupid name. Now, I'm thinking that Rorabel and Matthijs Bettman, those guys are from Netherlands, and they are Nederlanders who would probably be okay with that name. I think you guys, you guys right. The name Yope is cool. It's not just because you could go, hey, yo, Yope, yo, Yope, what's up, Yope? It's because Yope is a cool name. There's a kid who played basketball with us when I was out there as a missionary, and his name was Yope, and I loved that name. So if you send me an email at photog, oh, let me send it to the info, info at photogadventures.com or Aaron at photogadventures.com. If you send me an email and say, I wanted the deal, I've heard this podcast a week late, I had no idea, I do want to buy this. The keyword is Yope, J-O-O-P. You give me that, I'll give you the deal. If you don't, I'm sorry, you're going to have to go for the $67 price, which is still $30 off the price that's going to be when it goes live on February 1st. Now, live meaning that I will make it ad-backed and Facebook promoted and to everywhere in the world who likes Milky Way photography. Let them know about it and bring them in and sell it to them for 97 bucks. And so this is the price right now. Hopefully you'll get it. I think I belabored that enough. Let's tell you where to find it. <laughs> I haven't even told you where to find it. Go to blackfriday.photogadventures.com. That's the website that we have the store right now set up on. Our actual photogadventures.com forward slash store, that website does not have the deals. The Black Friday deals are special to those of you following the links and following our promotions and following this, this podcast. So I wanted you guys to be the ones that see it and get those deals at blackfriday.photogadventures.com or you can simply go to photogadventures.com and see the very most recent post after this podcast as the Black Friday deals are going on. It'll expire tonight. And on top of these deals, we've had a couple people who messaged me yesterday who really were excited about this deal because they knew it was a very inexpensive price and it doesn't expire. You don't have to go right away. You pay right now, but then you don't have to go anywhere in the next month or two months. If you wanna, have, you wanna come back in the fall to Utah and join Brendan and I on a two-on-one workshop, you can, no problem. And it's going to be the cheapest thing ever. You're going to have two photographers hanging out. You're going to go on an adventure with us for only $297. Regularly, we have that for $450. And that honestly should be the price for one photographer with one student. $450 for a night for four hours, eight hours, whatever. I think it's four hours typically. That is what the price should be. 
But Brendan and I, we really want to get out there with you, and we don't have to make money off of our friends. We just want to support Photog Adventures and keep the lights on, basically. And so having 297 helps us get out there, have a fun adventure with you, record it, get some shots ourselves, and hang out with you, and just go to a really cool spot and meet you in person. And so if you're interested in a two-on-one workshop and learn Milky Way photography, or even want to hang out and do landscape photography out here in Utah, let us know. Let's do it. Let's go out. $297 right now on the Black Friday deal that expires tonight. And the last thing is our one-on-one Skype calls. Our one-on-one Skype calls are going to be something that we can help you with photo pills, we can help you with your Lightroom, help you with Photoshop, help you even with your time lapses. I have a pending email out to my buddy John who he's got questions about podcasting and I need to send that email out to him and if you were interested in more podcasting want to do a one-on-one Skype call in fact I have an announcement with another guy who wants to talk about podcasting um, he is interested in using the one-on-one Skype call and it's going to be one great hour to hang out with one of us myself or Brendan and get some direct contact direct advice and we can work with you and help you out and make sure and we guarantee that by the end of that hour we have helped you with something that you've wanted and if not we'll make sure that we make up for it and it's not going to be something that you're going to be ripped off we're going to take care of you the price right now is only $39.95, I think, $95. It's 39 bucks, and so normally it's $59. Bucks. So it's 20 bucks off right now, and there's also a deal for getting three for the price of two when you go through that. So three hours, three hangouts, and having a chance to work directly with myself or Brendan, pretty awesome deal, a lot of time spent, and hopefully that's something that's worthwhile to you guys. Wanted you to know that they're out there expiring tonight at 12.01 a.m., Eastern Time, Eastern Time, United States Time. Uh, that's going to be the expiration time for that. You'll see a countdown on blackfriday.photogadventures.com so you know exactly how much time you have left. All right. Big announcement. 13 minutes in this recording. Big announcement. I'm sorry, James. Should have come more at the beginning because I want to announce this. Brendan and I should announce it together. Hint, hint, James. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Because Brendan and I should announce this together, and we'll announce it in the podcast tonight that we record for episode 56. So, when I was recording this video, and I've talked about this, I think I started going through the the the, uh, the modules and never really completed that thought. So, quickly, the Create Awesome Sharp Milky Photography from Day One course is an online course. Uh, just so everyone's clear, it is content that'll be always available to you. When you buy it, you have it for life. And I'm debating on whether you have it downloadable or whether it is only available online. Big difference that I'll decide over the next couple weeks is whether I can afford to host these large video files and have people come back to them and hit them and use the bandwidth that I have. If I can't afford it, then I'm going to let you guys download and have access to it, which is awesome for you because then you can pull it on your iPad and watch it when you're driving somewhere. Well, okay, not driving, but watch it when someone else is driving and you're heading out to do Milky Way photography. So that is an option for you, and I would like to do that. I just don't want to get it stolen and given away for free too much. So I'm hesitant on that. I think I'm leaving it online only for at least the first year and then make it downloadable. Um, patrons of our patreon.com site, they will have access to download it though, because that's the kind of thing that we want to give them that I think will be worthwhile. And so those of you who are patrons that buy into this, um, you will have a different pricing and the different pricing will be closer to the $47, not less. Some situations will be less, but that's something that Brian and I have to discuss. And so in short, 
if you're a patron, you will have access to download it for guaranteed sure. Those of you who purchase just regularly, um, I'm debating. I'm debating on that. So this course, always available to you though, never expires. And it's not a live active course. It's not a course where I'm going to be present and talking to you. There will be some live webinars leading up to it that I'll talk about at the end of this podcast. And there will be live webinars off and on for the temporary group of our Milky Way course group that you will have a Facebook group that you can ask questions specific about the course and have access to me and talk to me and I can help you out. But for the most part, I, I am not going to be a live instructor as I'm going to rely on the videos that I recorded to instruct you. And you can ask me questions anytime, though, and you know, clarify anything that got confusing. I hope nothing gets confusing because I'm working really hard to make this a beginner level, someone who's never done it, who can just start. Watch these videos and then get ready from day one. If you get that sharp focus and you get that composition, you're going to be so happy with your image. I promise you that. All right, so let's talk about the behind-the-scenes stuff of it. Oh, I keep doing this. I keep talking about the course, and then I never finish my thought. There's over five hours of post-processing walkthroughs where, you know, you'll see my edits, you have my RAWs, and you're going to be able to go through them with me. And it's seven different locations, Salt Flats, Mirror Lake, Goblin Valley, Goosenecks, Natural Bridges, Knolls, Crater Lake, Silo, and Trestle are two bonus ones to bring it up to nine. And so these nine locations that I'm at, I have images from them that I'm going to do the entire processing and walk you guys through it so that you can see what I do. It's nothing amazing. It's nothing special. It's just enough, you know? I don't want you to spend tons of time doing processing. We keep it very simple. We do a couple composites, and they're simple composites of the tripod not moving at all. It's just having different timelines, you know, moonlighting, and then you take the Milky Way shot, stuff like that. And then there's panoramas. That's it. That's the most advanced that we get in this course because we want this to be accessible to everybody who's just beginning. And we want your processing to not be a nightmare. And so I teach you some very basic processing to help your Milky Way stand out. It's not going to remove every stitch of noise that you have. It's not going to remove and sharpen. It's not going to remove the things that stink in the, the planes. You'll see me do some plane cleanup and satellite cleanup that I don't like the lines of. And that's just basic cloning in Photoshop. And so it's nothing too intense, nothing too advanced. And there are going to be, um, oh, I've lost my train of thought. It was going to be simple, blah, 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 training. I'm just cleaning out. Oh, oh, um, no stacking. None of the other advanced steps. And I still can't remember what I was going to say about it, but just that you'll be able to do this very simply. Oh, I won't be adding any sharpening. There won't be any sharpening of the foreground and stuff like that and stacking to make the foreground look different. That's going to come in my intermediate course using stacking, and that's going to come next year. And it's going to come after a few months into the Milky Way season where I can show you stacking. I have a lot of images that I've taken throughout 2017 that are 10, 20, 30, 40 images to stack that I can teach stacking, but I can't teach stacking yet. I have a lot to learn myself in stacking. And so it's going to be sometime in the middle of next year or the beginning of next year where I've had tons and tens and tens of hours of time to really practice Equator and practice with Starry Landscape Stacker and talk about the pros and cons of each and other options that are out there and teach you guys something that I really know at that point. But right now, I'm not in the position to do any teaching, just advising that stacking is awesome. So I have pulled away from that post-processing five hours 
nine different locations. There's nine videos with over one hour on-site footage. That's an estimate, honestly. I don't know if it will be two hours. It might. As I've thought about the content that I've recorded, and as I went through this little note list, that I said, okay, here's the things I want to talk about these locations. I'm realizing I might have enough content here to go into about two hours of on-site location stuff, and not just one hour. So I need to measure that time and let you guys know a more accurate one for the launch on 60, for the $67 launch. But for now, you can know that there's tons of videos for on-site footage. And then there's still 14 in-studio videos. And these in-studio videos talk about basics of composition, the basics of gear, the basics of you know lighting. And I have these discussions from our new studio location. That's why we created this little new studio, is to help this look good. At least I waited until this was here, so you'll see me with a beard. You'll see me when this was here, so I waited for this to record some of these 14 studio videos. And so I am, I am trying to make this so worth it to you guys for jumping in and it be a worthwhile course and a reference and you can buy it for someone else who's learning Milky Way photography. I'm hoping that the people who watch these videos feel like they're hanging out with me and they're going with me to do Milky Way photography. And as if you had time and the money to come out here to Utah and hang out with me for a weekend of new moon photography, if you were to do that, this is what you would get. I mean, most of the time, those of you who have been out with Brendan and I, we're not constantly just berating you with advice. We're just answering questions that you have and hitting you up with things that we think maybe you're curious about. It's not a constant, here's teaching. Well, in this, these videos, I am constantly teaching and telling the why, why I'm doing this and what I'm doing this for. And I think I like this spot. And just like with Photog Adventures, this course shows you things that I've done wrong. And I'm going to talk about them, things that even didn't go well that night that I was out in these locations. And so let's go into them. Hopefully you guys are excited about the course and that it's something that you'd be interested in buying. And the $47 price is what I want you guys to pay. 100% of you, that are interested in this course, please go get it now so that it's only 47 bucks for you. I have to raise it to 67 when I release it on Christmas because that's closer to what you know I've spent creating the course as well as helping me be able to fund more of these courses. And then I'm hoping none of you, I hope none of you who are listening to me right now get the $97 price. And if you are just chiming in or just finally paying attention in this podcast, and you're thinking, crap, um, it's not Monday. It's not Cyber Monday anymore. I wonder if I can still get that deal. You can't, but you can. Earlier in the podcast, I gave a keyword for those of you thinking about getting the, getting the price still, and I'll hook you guys up. You just got to email me at info at photogadventures.com, Aaron at photogadventures.com, either, either email. If you email me the keyword, then I know you paid attention to this podcast and you absolutely deserve the discount. So you have that available to you. I don't even think I will change that in six months. So if you do that and you get that keyword, thanks for listening to the podcast. You got a huge bonus for listening to the podcast. So, oh man, the places that I went... Those of you who've known me long enough, you know that I've had moments of being scared out there alone doing photography. And because this is something that's been my own personal project and Brendan hasn't, you know, he doesn't always have time to go out at any moment. And I actually got fired a lot for doing this work for this because I would be gone for two, three days to record this. And it would be middle of the week. And Brendan can't do middle of the week too often because of his kids. And so I have been doing this on my own, and it gets scary, you know, and I've, I've been really proud of myself as I went out on my own into these locations and didn't feel scared. I, I had a confidence that I've been here before, I've done this before, who cares what that sound is, that's probably no one, 
but I still found myself, okay, looking, lowering my light so I can adjust my eyes to the dark. What was that? Oh, okay, it was, it was, it was nothing. Whew. I found myself still doing that even after two, three years of doing this. Three years because I've been doing astro, astrophotography and just astronomy, going out with my telescope. And so I have gone out in the dark alone with myself, on my own a lot. And so it's freaky. I want to get a dog just so that it'll be easier for me because I have my dog there that if anything happens, he'll alert me to it. And it's kind of morbid, but if I get attacked by anything, I've got him to help me fight him off. <laughs> I don't want the dog to die, but yeah, it's just nice to have a helpful friend. As a guy who's played video games, it's always nice to be the hunter class and have that bear with you, have that dog with you, that dire wolf that's going to help protect you because it's a lot easier when you have a meat tank in front of you. Anyway, that's gamer talk. So uh, <clears throat> here we are. I go to the Salt Flats, Mirror Lake, Goblin Valley Goosenecks, Natural Bridges Knolls, Crater Lake, and Silent Trestle all throughout last year. And in Salt Flats, let's start talking about that. I've mentioned that before. It was incredible. And I was trying to get a composite image example where you have the moonlight hitting your su subject and you can use that and even a daylight time. Then I was going to composite in my Milky Way. So once I found a spot out there at sunset, I was staying. My tripod wasn't moving. I was doing a composite image of this Milky Way, and I wanted it to work. And so I found the perfect subject, this S-curve. Brian Miller has seen it, and he's still waiting for that picture. I think I mentioned that twice now on a podcast, Brian. Sorry, man. I'm going to give you that picture soon. I'm going to show you how it turned out. But here's some details about how it kind of didn't. As I'm sitting there recording my, sh my time lapse, because I am not needing to move the tripod, every minute the shot can be roughly the same. It has very little changing in between those 10 seconds in between each shot. So I just let the time lapse roll, figuring that every 10 seconds, let this time lapse go off, see the Milky Way move, and pick my favorite one. An hour and a half into this, I realize mm, this vertical Milky Way is staying off the light pollution enough that if I wait for the Milky Way to go until, hmm, let me check photo pills, oh, 140, I can get the Milky Way perfectly vertical and right down this snake-like object in the, into, in the salt flats, this salt crust that has come up and is shaped in an S and leads all the way down. It's kind of like a snake that's totally flat and straight, but its back half of it is you know, it's still doing the um, S motion that it was to propel itself forward. And so you see this thing, and it looks really cool in the shot. And you see it in focus because I focus stacked. And here's what the challenge was, is that I focus stacked my foreground. And then that was it. Once I started the time lapse, and I didn't want to break the time lapse, I couldn't refocus stack at the different time periods. Luckily, my focus stacking was close to the moon time, that moonlight, because I really, really liked the moonlight. But my focus stacking time was during the daylight. It was more a blue hour, not moon. When it was just the moon and it hit my little S shape in the ground, the light was even better than it was at blue hour. Blue hour had too much light all around that made it kind of flatter, but when the moon hits it, it's got that great contrast of light and dark on both sides. And so it really was turning out, and I wished I could have just taken the time lapse and given up on it and focus stacked again. Knowing that it would have moved my time lapse and moved my position, my composition from my previous shot, and so that that's what scared me. 
I've already focus stacked, and where this camera is right now is where I want to have a Milky Way show up so that I have an easy time compositing and not missing anything on the right and left of my frame so that I could use the daylight one if that turned out better. So in the moment, on location, I didn't know if I had my shot. I didn't know if I should give up on the daylight one yet enough that it was worth to refocus stack when I saw the moonlight turning out so well in my time lapse because I could see the image popping up on the back of the screen and go, oh yeah, that looks awesome. I like that. So I was bummed that I couldn't change that. And then I even noticed, oh wow, I'm taking up more than half of my image with my foreground. I'm leaving barely the top, I don't know. It's not a two third, it's not a third. It was more than a third. And so there was just a little bit, like 40% of the image was sky. And I could have done so much better by going up. And I thought, no, I can't move the camera. I can't fix that. I can't change that. Maybe this focus stack will be worth it in the end. And the short, you know, 40% sky will be a no problem at all. And then I completely blundered at the very end. When I got my shot in the Milky Way's vertical, I was done. I could have gone. It was 1.40 in the morning. I've been sitting there all night. What I should have done is taking another shot of the sky. Just angle the camera up. But I had been there for four hours almost, just laying there. I watched almost the entire Batman movie, The Dark Knight, in between all my recording of the GoPro and my camera, recording me talking about what was going on. And I just, this is the problem we all have as photographers. You go there with a great plan, and you know that sometimes you need to just commit. And so when you commit, you tell yourself, don't get anxious, don't get paranoid, don't move too much. And sometimes it just kind of clouds your thought process and you don't think, oh, well, now that you're done, move the camera up and capture a higher sky. Keep it right and left framing exact and just angle it back more, get more sky, composite that in your image. And then if you want to crop some off the foreground in the end, you could. I could have, but I didn't. And this is in the course, and so you see me talk about this, and I point out my mistakes in it. But there's still an awesome image. Processing of that awesome image is happening. You can see how I pull out this color and the sky and how I make it look okay, even with the light pollution in Wendover. Because this salt floods image was a chance to show fighting light pollution and a big bloom of light pollution off to the right of my Milky Way. It sucked. And so this was a challenge to show and how it works. And since I have nine other images, I'm not trying to say, here's all my portfolio worthy images, guys. I'm the best. I'm trying to show you, hey, dude, you're my friend. Let's go out. Let me show you how to do Milky Way photography. Oh, okay, I'm making this mistake right now. This is what you shouldn't do. This is what you should do. This is what I've learned to do. Oh, crap, I'm making a mistake here. This is what I did wrong. And I'm teaching you everything from my mistakes to the successes. We say that all the time on Photog Adventure. So it really is our motto is that we don't keep anything back from you guys. Even in our sold course where there's going to be parts where I say, Aaron King's an idiot. And you don't say that when you're trying to sell things. And so hopefully hopefully you guys like that candor. So the other place I went to was Mirror Lake. The Mirror Lake was about low-level lighting and no lighting. Because there's an area in Mirror Lake that I talk about in the video that I just don't use any lighting at all. It's a black silhouette of trees over there in the Milky Way. It's better when it's a little bit 45 degree instead of as vertical as it was at this time in July. I was probably two weeks in July too late because of weather. 
I actually went back twice to Mirror Lake to try and get it working better for the weather. And the week that I went, we had a listener adventure, and we did one area of the Mirror Lake. That's where I met Tom. And Tom and I and Brendan had a great time, and Drew showed up. And we were able to get what we could around the clouds. The, the clouds, man. Core clouds. That's going to be a term that Brendan and I use a lot more because we had core clouds torturing us right on the core. Nowhere else but on the core. It's like, why? Now, in the light, in the, in the mirror lake time lapse, you'll see that it was more than just core clouds. It was just that hemisphere of the sky cloud. It was just crazy cloudy. So went back again with Brendan at a different time. And man, it was great, but just a little too vertical because it's two weekends later. And what a bummer. What a bummer. But it turned out really well. And so I talk about the gear that I need and the lack of gear you don't need. And you just try and get your shot. And then the processing of it is so different. Your histogram is so different when you have all that black foreground versus when you have a lit foreground. And so we talk about those histograms in the processing. And at Goblin Valley, you've probably seen the image, the image at Create Awesome Shop, uh, the, the title image, the headliner image. That is at Goblin Valley, and that's a cool place that I found scouting that night as I walked around with the camera talking about, okay, here, maybe here. The planning videos and all of my, for all my locations, are going to talk about planning these spots that I go to and what I'm going to have to deal with. And then in the Goblin Valley specific one, I didn't have any planning for it. All I did was say, here's Goblin Valley, here's the location, here's where the Milky Way is going to be. I need to find some place looking this direction that I like when I'm on location because you can't see the geography of Goblin Valley's hoodoos. Um, I don't think Google, Google Earth has not had them popping up in 3D, and I wonder if they will soon because it is a pretty awesome place. I won't be surprised if they do. You can see some terrain of the distant, of the bowl of that little valley, but you don't see the individual hoodoos, and so it's really hard to plan your actual composition. And I found this spot that was going to work with some different hoodoos close and far and middle and in the very distance and an S-curve on the ground. And I could not get my tripod high enough to take advantage of the S-curve more, see more of its shape, unfortunately, but I got as best I could. And even better, the low-level lighting for this area, I had an option where I could go up on a hill right next to me and bring that low-level lighting up higher and shine it down on my subjects. Sometimes when you have the low-level lighting on a tripod, it's not so bad. And I do use a tripod, my little Manfrotto $50 tripod. I can put a link to it on here. It's very inexpensive tripod. It's my first tripod with my DSLR Canon 70D. It works really great, and now it just is my lighting control and my video capturing tripod so it's what I use and I take with me all the time in fact Brandon and I record all of our Monday moment of envies with that tripod and so it's great it's easy light but also sturdy and this case it was even a little too low and what I'm trying to say is that when the light's so low, even though it's low-level lighting, you see it on the surface, the, the ground. And when you see it on the ground, it looks like a car pulling up sometimes because you have a very obvious bloom out from it. So we tip it as far back as we can so the fall-off isn't hitting the ground at all, and it's only fall-off light hitting our subjects. And sometimes that works great, and sometimes the subjects are short, like these hoodoos, that you can see the ground too much, and you get that bloom on your foreground showing where the light source is coming from. Unless you can get it far enough back, you're going to have that happen. And in this case, it was great. Even though it was tight and confined quarters, I was able to go up higher and bring that light coming down so it didn't hit the ground so much, and it hit my S-curve just enough to bring it out. And then 
this spot. It's a new spot for me. I've never taken a Milky Way shot from here, so I use photo pills. And you can see me even using it on my phone right there. And then I did my goofy, I <laughs> got my phone out. Oh, wait, you guys can't see this on my phone. Here's my iPad. Kind of a little brag that my iPad's huge. I love the iPad Pro. If you guys aren't buying an iPad Pro, do it. It's so amazingly big. Maybe you're not as awesomely excited about big iPads, but I sure am. I wish they had a bigger model. I would take it. And I don't know if that's because I'm short and have a little bit of the short man's illness where you just compensate and want giant things like giant dogs, like a Newfoundlander. Man, I love that dog. So I have a giant iPad and I love the big screen and the surface. And if I could get a bigger one, it would work even better for my notes and all my design work because, oh man, I need more space. I always need more space. So I pull that thing up and I can show the video photo pills and talk about how I line this up, basing it off. Okay, it's going to be here at this time. That's when astrom astronomical twilight ends. How's this going to turn out? And at Goblin Valley, it was fantastic. Easy low-level lighting. It was a new spot that turned out fantastic. And single image, just a single image. Low-level lighting provided my foreground light, so I didn't need to wait on compositing in a daylight blue hour or a, a moon lit shot. I can just get one image and get it all there and process it all at the same time. It was fantastic. Except for those dang core clouds. And I have a time lapse of this area too. Because of the clouds moving constantly across, I didn't want to miss the moment that there's a nice clear spot with the with the Milky Way. You can even see in the image blue skies on both sides of me, but then right out front, right where that Milky Way is gonna be, southwest, <laughs> you got that stupid group of clouds and they were slow movers, man. They were going around and just constantly hovering around there. So the time-lapse I did, I saved my time by having the time-lapse run so that when there was a gap in the clouds, I can find it and I can choose a Milky Way. It's, a, you know, the from about 55, 65 degree angle to 90 as it changes at this time. And I think it was June that I was out there. I think it was June. And just letting that go up to where it was supposed to be, I, thought, I don't think it was June. It couldn't be a, uh, it, it couldn't be a pano. So I don't, it was definitely not June. It was, it was probably late July, August is when I went out there, and that's why it was mostly vertical. So this shot turned out really excited. Stupid core clouds, but you know that's kind of a thing you got to deal with, especially when you're out doing Milky Way photography. You're going to have clouds, and how do you process it? with clouds in there, bringing out any light that happens in the area. And so I show that off. I show how it works. When I left Goblin Valley, I drove down to Goosenecks and man, what an easy mode Milky Way Goosenecks is. Not only is it easy mode for capturing the image, but you don't have to hike anywhere. You park and camp right on the edge of the cliff. It's so cool. We're having a, a Milky Way, um, workshop down there at Goblin Valley and Goosenecks because Goosenecks is such an easy one-night hit. We show up, we all have cots and tents, and we sleep out there. And for those of you who are going to join us on the workshop, this is one location that we're not driving back to a place to sleep. It is going to be something that we stay there that night. We have supplied clean, dry cleaned, very, very clean, very awesome sleeping bags to use. And cots, because if it's not raining on us, like it most likely won't be, we can sleep right out underneath the Milky Way, and it is the most fantastic night 
forever. You end up staying up till two or three in the morning just staring at the night sky. So dark, very minimal light pollution from Mexican hat out there, and just you're being bathed in light. I'll have my telescope. We'll be looking at, you know, deep sky objects. <laughs> it's so so fun out there and since you put your tripod up during the day if we get there early enough we'll have our tripods ready to go so you can see the light on the river in the gooseneck that's the colorado river or san juan i always forget but i think it was the san juan river and you get that light on the river make that shot and you keep your tripod there you don't move it and you wait for the milky way to show up and when the milky way shows up you take that image with the time lapse because you just maybe you'll choose this one that one whenever you go home you just let your, let your camera run it's going to be easy mode, and everyone just hangs out, and we just enjoy a barbecue together. We enjoy some time out there and sleep whenever we can and wake up in the heat of the morning at 6 a.m. because it's so flat right in that spot. The sun comes up at 6 a.m. and melts your face. I wake, I wake up by 7 every time I sleep out there. It's impossible to sleep in late, and so that's going to be hard. In fact, it's making me tired right now just thinking about it, and so... Awesome goosenecks, easy mode. You have two curves right off this gooseneck where I like to camp, and you can wait for the Milky Way early in the season and get on the first curve, or at this time, when it's August, and get a second curve. But what I had go wrong that night is the very perfect Milky Way. The very lining up with my second curve where it lead, it's like a leading line into the Milky Way core. Right when it was perfect, it was still just a little... It wasn't astro twilight still. It was full darkness, but the moon was up above the horizon just enough to wash out the Milky Way a bit. But you'll see in the processing how we have an image with the washed out Milky Way just a little bit, and we work on it and bring it out, and we do dodging and burning to help it and bring the contrast back. But then we also have couple minutes later when that moon is out of the way and probably like a half an hour later and then the milky way is close to that position not exactly perfect but it has better sky better full darkness and you can really see the difference with the moon gone and we're talking a sliver of a moon at this time too i remember that it was just tiny and yet look at how much it blows up the image you'll see that example in the milky way course then this is one of those images at goosenecks where we will talk about compositing images not complicated compositions we're not going to do a composite where we have an eagle flying in front of the moon that's extra large and then this rock brought over here it's not artistic composition or composite it's going to be a time composite you don't move your tripod you keep it there you capture in the daylight or you capture at blue hour or you capture with moonlight whatever you want to do in the milky way workshop that we're doing it'll just be daylight that we're doing and then you composite that with your image from the milky way that night and you have a really flat easy terrain to come to blend them together and while we're actually out there we'll show you guys how to process that and how to work with it it's very simple it's one of the easiest composites you'll ever do outside of being on the ocean and compositing in a milky way on that flat horizon after that i went to natural bridges and i got rained out clouded out rain was coming it looked very unpromising and being that I could get home to my family and be home in time to be there for my kids. I bailed. I bailed on natural bridges and came back to that one later. And I went with back with Brendan when we went down for Joshua Snow's workshop with Raphael Pons. And man, that was a great night. It was amazing. We met another Tom when we were out there. And it was a fantastic, fantastic night. It wasn't Bob, was it? I'm sorry, Tom, if your name is Bob. Sorry, Bob, if I called you Tom. But I believe your name was Tom and not Bob. 
oh, there's too many Toms and Bobs that I met recently, so it's getting me confused. But there's an awesome guy. He hung out with us. He came down below, and we got a really great image. And, ah, oh, man, fantastic time. Brendan got a better image, though. He, he did a pano and stitched together and fought with the warping that happened. It turned out better than mine. But in this course, I have two separate images that I walk you through in this area. And one of them's from April, and one of them is from that August. And so you get to see on both sides of this natural bridge a different composition and working with it and processing it. Turned out very well. It's low-level lighting all over the bridge and a single image. You don't have to composite anything. You don't have to work hard on any of it. At most, you can stack, but that's not for this course. Then early in the season, because panos are so difficult to get after June, I mean, June's the last time that you can really get a good panorama with the Milky Way, full arching Milky Way. I was out at the Knolls and with Brendan early in the season, I think it was April or May, and we did a test. I did a pano test between the Tamron and the Rokinon. And I, because the Rokinon 24mm is the best lens I have, the best aperture, has the cleanest, nicest detail texture of the Milky Way, it's great for Milky Way photography and I need to use it more. But I have to do a pano when I use it. Even if I'm doing a single image that I typically would do single with the Tamron at 15mm wide, I have to do a panel on the 24 millimeter. I have to go boom, 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 get six or nine images to bring that scene together. And typically, I'm not in the mood for that. Even if it got my Milky Way a little bit better, I, I usually am not feeling like I need it because the experience is all about making sure that you're enjoying yourself there. When you give yourself too much work, when you get home and you give yourself too much work, sometimes you avoid it. And so the panels I tend to reserve for my actual arches, my arch Milky Ways. So I don't pull out my roking on most of the year. And I think next year I'm going to get in the habit of it more as I do stacking because I'm going to want really high quality images that I'm stacking together. And so this is a test that I captured the panel, the full panel with the Tamron. I think it has three tiers, a upper, a middle, and then a foreground tier. So vertical tiers, three parts, 26, 27 images or something like that. Crazy. And then I do the Rokinon as well. And I did the same thing, going three levels and repeat the same process. The only thing different about it is that time has passed since I captured with the Tamron and the Rokinon Milky Way has moved a little bit more. So the composition's just slightly different. You know, how much it stays and hugs the null silhouettes. We could not light the silhouette, the nulls. My plan of lighting the nulls with the moon when it's setting behind me, because the best case scenario for the nulls, in my opinion, is having that moon that sets early into the evening so that you have light of the moon at full darkness to light up your foreground. So you get your foreground lit at full darkness and then while it's still in full full darkness the moon sets and the Milky Way is right in position for an arch. And so I have to time it out where that's happening. Now I'm trying to remember this because I always try and put it in my head but if you want the moon going away you need to come to the moon you need to come to your location before new moon basically the last week before new moon the moon sets a little earlier every night until it sets with the sunset you know what I mean so basically it is going to be up earlier in the evening okay this is what I got I'm getting wrong in my head so before the new moon the moon comes up in the daytime 
and then finally it matches up with the sunset and so then it's setting with the sun and rising with the sun so that's when it sets um after the new moon it hangs out a little longer and so the sun has gone up and gone down but the moon's still up on the sky up in the horizon in the distance you'll see little slivers right after the new moon and that's when i want to get the null so just one of those periods in may or april after the new moon that week after i'm going to capture the nulls next year and get that moon lighting because i need it to be in the west not on the east horizon I need it on the west so that it's lighting the knolls from that side because that's the knoll face. And so that's what I want to work with. So I did a knoll pano test between the Tamron and Rokinon to show clarity and show how the Rokinon performs better, honestly. But the Tamron performs very, very well. And so we have that shot, no lighting, and it's a pano. And in Crater Lake, I do another pano, but it's a high sky pano, and I have a failed pano. It's not failed in the way that it's totally useless. It's just requiring PT GUI and extra effort to really make that panel work. And I recently got advice from a guy who knows Photoshop really well about how I can go into Photoshop and do a warp something. Not warp, because obviously I already knew warp. There was, oh, I can't think of the tool. But uh, that is possibly a way that I can take all my frames from Crater Lake, process them through this filter, it's, it's going to warp it, but it's all going to warp it consistently and then build my panorama after I've done this step. And that might fix and clean what's happening to my image where I can let, pre, uh, let Lightroom actually do the work. It can actually do the panorama work. So I'm excited about trying that out, and I'm going to be showing you guys me trying that out. And so I have the panel already where it's got the warping in the center, and it's a little bit off, and I don't love it. And... I've got this coming where I can show you guys me doing that. And so there's going to be that panel, that Crater Lake panel. I've actually only added that recently to the course because I wanted to show you guys more panos. And I thought, hey, let's do this bonus. And then lastly, the silo and trestle. You guys have seen those locations. You've heard of me talk about those locations a lot. And I just teach low-level lighting out there. Frankly, with all the work that we had going on, I was not able to get out to that area, even though it's the closest area, and do a good Milky Way shot. I've had a couple from there, really heavy light pollution one night, and with the group, but I, I just I haven't taken really good images from that location this year that it's no point in showing you images that I process from there. And so the silent trestle is extra after the nine. It's not going to be 11 images. Salt Flats, Mirror Lake, Goblin Valley, Goosenecks, Natural Bridges, Knolls, Crater Lake, those seven images are going to be processed and you'll see them happen with two, Im two images coming from Natural Bridges. So that's really eight walkthroughs. And then the Silo and Trestle, I'm at that location. It's an on-site location, but it's really a lesson about low-level lighting. And so that is the course locations in a in summary real quick as we go through on this podcast the funny thing is is that as i've been thinking about the silo and trestle low level lighting video i still have to record it and i'm going out there and i'm going out there this week and thinking okay if i can get out there before it snows people won't recognize that it's that far away because it in the area of the silent trestle it's kind of brown anyway so in the summer late summer or now it all kind of looks the same and so no one will really notice in the course that it's that distant from the time i recorded my salt flats or rec recorded my natural bridges videos it won't feel weird <laughs> and then i realized that i've been growing a beard since i quit since i got fired 
it had a really stringent dress code at the place I was working because I was working for the church and I couldn't grow a beard. And so I finally had a chance to grow a beard again and just got a little over excited about the beard. And I've been growing a crazy beard. I mean, even, um, <laughs> uh, hey, come on, Magner, Steve Magner, he commented that that beard is Game of Thrones worthy. It's like I watched Game of Thrones with that beard. <laughs> it's not quite a Game of Thrones character size beard yet, but I'm not going to shave it for a year. I told my wife the bad news, and she's not stoked about it, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm going to grow it out crazy long and just have fun with it. Why not? And so I've been enjoying that and realized, okay, it's not going to look like it's winter, but I'm going to all of a sudden have a huge beard in this video compared to my other videos where I had some scruff or nothing or was shaved. And so it's going to be a funny course as all throughout the course, Aaron King's beard's a different length and it's going to be interesting. I wonder how weird that's going to be when you watch it in chronological order because you can watch all these videos in any order you want, but... Is it going to be odd? It's like I keep coming back with a different facial hair. Oh, well. And then I wanted to joke about the selfie that my wife laughs at whenever she sees. There's a frame in the video at Goblin Valley that I use for the image that talks about um, the course. And I'm pointing at photo pills, and I'm leaning back, you know, and I'm in such a way that I'm really flexing my bicep, and it looks like I'm doing that, hey, uh, you guys know where the gym is? Is it over here or over here or under here? And you do a big flex and you're all thinking you're raw, you're awesome and you're ripped. So I look ripped and my elbow's blocking my gut from showing. And so it looks like I've got a flat stomach too. And <laughs> it's a really good image of me and it's, I'm glad. And so I keep using that happily, knowing that over the next hundred days, I'm going to be losing some of that weight. It'll be fun to have you guys notice it on the videos. But uh, I have a ripped selfie. I love it. And so my wife's laughed at it, and maybe some of you have chuckled or wondered. I've seen him, and he's not that strong or skinny. So I am strong underneath the fat. <sighs> yeah, I think I really am. So hopefully you guys understand that when you see me in person, I won't be an intimidating feature or an intimidating person like I look right there. Plus I'm only five foot four and three quarters, so all of you are taller than me. I think every single one of you, even Dan is my height. Thanks, Dan, for being my height. So here is the launch plan. I want to let you guys know about the launch plans coming up as I get ready for December twenty-sixth, when the tonight the deal's expired, except for those of you who have used the keyword of Yelp, and you have come back and got the deal. Everyone else is going to get the $67 deal. There's nothing to buy. There is nothing. Nowhere can you buy this after tomorrow. And with this keyword, you can't buy the Milky Way course until the 26th of December. And that's when those of you who have pre-ordered it at that price are going to gain access to it. And I'm going to do a whole build up to the launch. So every Wednesday, starting this week, I'll have an Astrophotog podcast where I talk about content and stuff that I'm teaching and give away some freebies. The freebies are simple freebies, like tiny, tiny e-booklets, you know, just a page or two PDF that gives some feedback. One page cheat sheets that I have that are going to be PDFs that give you how to, the steps you need to get your shot, you know, quick reference for histograms, stuff like that. These freebies are going to be offered after the Photog podcast, the Astrophotog podcast. So you listen to the podcast, I tell you where to go, Astrophotog talk.com episode blah 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 you go to the show notes and you can download and opt in to get the freebie 
And these freebies will come out every Wednesday. And as they come out every Wednesday, you'll also have a live webinar every Monday at 3 p.m. Starting today, I'm doing a podcast, or I'm doing a webinar at 3 p.m., in fact, in two hours. And that is going to be the first live webinar of many as I go through a lot of the content that I've talked about in my previous live webinar, but have a different spin on them and add some extra bonus content to it. And so we'll be hanging out for an hour once a week, doing a live webinar and building up to the 10-day challenge. Skipping a weekend, we'll be doing a 10-day challenge leading up to the launch. Uh, What are the dates for that? The dates for that are going to be, oh yeah, starting on the 11th. So it'll go from the 11th to 15th, take a weekend break, and then 18th through the 22nd. And that 10-day challenge is going to be processing challenge. And I'm going to process images live. I have a ton of images this year that I haven't even touched, and I just don't take any time on them because they aren't either in a video that I've been editing or they aren't coming out for purpose like our calendar and so these images are probably pretty cool but I just haven't had the time to con- commit to, to processing them and it's crazy to think that they're sitting there but as a Grand Canyon Milky Way shot there's Milky Way shots out there in Bandon that I haven't processed of course I can't say those ones because I am finishing those so what other areas I guess I've got <laughs> there's so many pictures from all of the work that I've done in this last year that have not been touched. And so for 10 days, I'm going to work on those and work on them live. Anyone who wants to hang out with me while I'm doing that and see the mistakes I make or the cool things I do, come join me. I'll be doing that. And the challenge is is to encourage you guys to also process an image a day for 10 days. So get your stuff. Get the stuff you haven't gotten to and process an image a day for 10 days. And that's going to lead up to the actual actual launch of December 26th. I'll do my last live video on Christmas Day. It will not be an hour long. It's Christmas Day. I'm going to be in my pajamas. I'm going to be watching movies and hanging out with my family. But I will do a final 30 minutes or less live video talking about how tomorrow it's going on sale. Those of you who can buy it who haven't purchased it yet at $67, and it's still a $30 discount from the real price. And those of you who've already purchased it, it'll be available to you so you can hang out with me on Boxing Day and watch the videos of the Milky Way course. So thanks for listening to this podcast, guys. I want to offer someone a freebie. I have a Carson Lumi Loop in a box that I haven't opened yet that I'm going to give away for free. Brendan and I are going to do some more of these because we need some help getting reviews of our podcast on iTunes. And what we're going to do is starting today, I'll look and see who's posted and up until next Monday. So for this week, we are going to get hopefully 10, 20 reviews on iTunes. And of those 20 people who put their review, put a review out for us, and we're not going to do it on Google and Stitcher. Google and Stitcher are the next best places, but let's just focus on iTunes because that helps us the most. iTunes is just the largest library, the best place for podcasts. And so it'll help us out immensely if we can get some more reviews on our iTunes podcast. And so if you don't listen to it on iTunes, it's okay. Come give us a review. I know Rob Ryan, man, you, you don't have an iPhone. You're not going to use iTunes for your podcast. And so if you don't mind, go over there. And I think you've already have. Give us a review. Those of you who give us a review this week, and if only five people do it, then you have a chance in one in five of getting a free Carson Lumi Loop from me. And so if you're interested in a free Carson Lumi Loop, and I'll send it to you in the mail, um, get out there, do a review. I'll make note of all of them that do uh, post a review in the next week. And on Monday, I'll look at what's there. 
and then I'll randomize it and pick the winner and I'll contact you somehow. Hopefully the name will be obvious. I might have to call out and say, hey, who is XR24? Because uh, you won XR24, contact me, send me an email. So I'll let you know who won and then we'll work out a way to getting your address and I'll send you a Carson Lumi Loop. So thanks guys, thanks for listening. Sorry this has been a Sans Brendan podcast. Uh, we're doing another podcast tonight for next week's podcast and talk about our fall colors. So you'll have Brendan back on the airwaves soon enough but thanks for listening have a good week and we'll see you next time actually i'll see you on wednesday for the astrophotog podcast